Welcome to Coaching Confidential, a podcast by baseball coaches as we bring you inside the game. The podcast will take you behind the scenes in college and minor league baseball. Lou Bernardi and George Carroll were college teammates and went on to play and coach on the next level. Bernardi has coached at the Division 1, 2, and 3 levels and is currently the pitching coach at the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Carroll went on to play professionally and is now a catching coach in the minor leagues. Here are your hosts, Lou Bernardi and George Carroll. Welcome back here to another episode of Bullpen Confidential here with Coach George Carroll. This is Lou Bernardi. And George, we're having a lot of great discussions, great feedback from everybody. I want to dive right into it tonight, though. I, I have something I think that is extremely overlooked by so many. Um, and it's part of the game today, and it's everywhere. You, you can't escape it. It's in your face 24-7. But I don't think anybody really knows exactly how to do it. And if, <laughs> those of you who are guessing as <clears throat> talking about you're right this is something that can't be measured with a radar gun this is something that's not going to show up in a scouting report it's something that you can't really put a stopwatch on okay but this is so important to the development of your game this is so important for pitchers and catchers for for hitters for field this is so important from top to bottom and it's literally something that we hold and we view every single day we're awake Okay, and that's video. Ooh, watching yeah. vid- watching video. Watching Jeez. video. We're gonna do a topic about watching video. Jesus, yeah. man, that's yeah. crazy. All right, so how do you how do you want to start this thing? Like, wh- let me ask you a question, Lou. Go ahead. You know, let's look at it from a you know pitcher catcher thing. What is your favorite thing to watch about video? And like, what's the first thing that you look for before we were educated on this? So I'm gonna talk. The, okay, so before I was educated about it. Yeah, what what is the? I'll tell you what I look. I would look I, if I'm a hitter and I'm watching my, one of my favorite players of all time, Jorge Posada, Joe Maurer. You know, I grew up a Yankee fan, but you know, number one fan right now to the Blue Jays. Um, but anyway, so if I'm watching, I'm watching those guys hit homers. That's it. You want to see how? So you want to see how how far they're hitting? And what do I want to see? I want I want to see that radar gun. I want to see how hard guys are throwing. Meanwhile, I could care less how hard they're really throwing. But that's what the was, first thing that catches your eye. Yeah, what was the um, the, the thing they used to have on, um, on on TV on the sports center? They used to have the um, the you know the gone ball or something like that, and then they yeah. also, they used to have the oh that's nasty. Remember that? That was and, actually a good segment. Okay, so yeah, obviously for the pitcher, but so what what was the emphasis and the highlight of that video of those of those little clips? Just just the break, how nasty guys striking out. Yeah, you know, it was just balls dancing in midair. That's all they really wanted to see. And what did the kids say? They just see results, right? They just see like, oh, the ball did this. The ball literally looked like it looked like it came from out of nowhere and just disappeared, right? We don't I, see the process. There's no process or there's no rhyme or reason. Everybody is so quick to start the race and get directly to the finish line, but they forget that they actually have to run and get to the finish line. They just, want to kind of, they just kind of want to say, okay, uh, George Carroll is in the box, and then fast forward, George Carroll hits a home run. Yeah. But they don't, we don't actually see the process because it's, it's, so, it's so fascinating, and, and, and you know, we're going to dive into it. And it's just people are thinking, you know, you watch a video, what am I watching, though? Or, or, or better yet, why am I watching? 
you know? I'll, so, I'll say this as a college coach, and, and, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, and especially with the current situation we're in where college recruiting is pretty much halted for the foreseeable future. And a lot of high school kids are, I don't want to say getting nervous, but they're starting to think about, okay, how am I going to get in front of a college coach to get recruited, right? Uh So the video is the best part. Of course. But here's the thing. You need to stand out. You need to stand out. You need to do something in your video, all right, that makes it so a coach who's educated sees that clip, not necessarily the result, right, but sees that clip and says, hey, this kid is pretty good. All right, I, I can honestly say that I'm getting that I get hundreds, hundreds of emails a week um, from a million different re- recruiting services, all trying to sell me players. But <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about recruiting another day. That's a big um, topic, big topic. Yep, yep. and uh, we're going to piss a lot of people off on that one. But I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah. to that. Yep. Uh, but just from a video standpoint, you know, let's take us through the hitting, George. Okay. What are you looking at? What are you shooting? What angles do you do? You, need to do? you know, and then how do we use that video to help, you know, the process of coaching afterwards? All right. So I'm just going to do it from the hitting standpoint, and then we'll talk about pitching, and then we'll talk about all the other stuff, okay? So from the hitting standpoint, what am I watching? All right. I see the result. Beautiful. I hit a homer. I hit a double. I hit a single. Um, <clears throat> strikeout, whatever. So we're always looking for the why of, of what happened in that at bat, correct? I like to look at the video and you can't look at video. Um, it's hard to look at video three dimensionally, right? And that's something we will, we'll, we'll, you know, that's, that's something down the road. We don't have that. I don't have that technology, right? Blue Jays do, but I don't physically have that technology. So I like to watch the standard straight side view. Um, and I don't have nine cameras, so I got to do this, you know, the best way I can. So a lot of times when I'm watching a kid's video, um, I put the side video, and then when I'm do, just basically I'm doing less, put the side video, then I get the back video. So I kind of have an idea what's going on. Now, I don't have swing, swing synced up because I just don't have that capability. I don't possess that. I don't have that. But when I'm watching video and I tell my kids how to watch video, the kids I do lessons with, because I do a lot of lessons down here in the Tampa Bay area where I live now. Um, so when we watch video, all right, that was a great swing. Awesome. Okay, now let's break down the swing. So I'll say to a kid, you know, what um, – when you were playing with Legos, Lou, what's the first thing you built of the Lego house? Did you start with the roof or did you start with the, the base? Start with the foundation of the Lego house, right, Lou? So um, when I say, all right, we're going to watch video, we're going to watch that kid's back leg. So I'm going to say, hey, Billy, let's watch your back foot, all right? We're going to watch it three times. Um, just can't keep playing the same swing, back and over, back and over. Just watch it three times. And I'm going to say, all right, let's pick out another spot of your body. So I say, all right, let's watch um, from your belt buckle to your knee. All right, let's see what your belt – let's see what that move is. What, what does that do? Then we're going to watch another part. Maybe watch the front foot. Maybe watch the hips again. Maybe we watch the hands. But throughout the video, <clears throat> we're breaking down individual specific parts of what we're watching. We're not necessarily just watching the result because we already know the result. The result was a homer. The result was a double. Square the ball up. But how did we get to that point of contact? How does all that work? So that's the kind of thing that we do – that I do with my guys when we watch video is you just break it down little minute parts of the video because everything works together. Right. You know, I, I think <clears throat> hitting and now pitching, I always say it's like a domino effect. 
Okay. Where if you knock over one domino, the whole set of dominoes is going to go down. Well, I like that. Break up, if you break up one link of the chain, it affects the whole cycle of the wheel. You know, but it's deceiving. And it's very deceiving because you can take a bad swing and have mm -hmm. a good result. Absolutely. But it, from a pitching standpoint, if you make a bad pitch, you might not have a good result. Of course. So when we look at pitching video, those bad pitches, what I'm really looking for is to make sure that from a mechanical standpoint, I don't care if you strike the guy out. You can make a great pitch, and the guy can hit a home run. It's of possible. Course. You know? Um, <laughs> well, well, Mary's story from uh, – yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, I didn't execute. I didn't execute. I left yeah. that pitch down the middle. It was supposed to be up and away. But back to the point, I'm making sure in our video that, one, everything is repetition, that we can physically repeat our delivery – that's one thing that we're looking for as coaches when we're trying to teach our players. And he, this can even fall into a recruiting thing. If you send me a video or if I'm looking at video from one of my guys and, and it's, let's just say we do 10 pitches and none of those pitches kind of sync up at any point throughout the entire video and delivery, then there's an issue there. Um, so I'm looking at repetition. I'm looking at the delivery and the sequence of frames throughout the pitch. Okay, and I'm just really making sure that he's not doing anything that's, that's putting his arm or his body in harm's way. Video is such an important tool, okay, because we can, we can maybe detect something before an injury. And, and that's why pitching and, and video work and the analysis from that standpoint, and there's plenty and plenty of, of amazing products, and I use a lot of them. Okay, I use a lot of them just to monitor the pitcher's health and well-being. Um, they're, real, they're really beneficial, all right? But with all this data, with all this analytics, with all this information, we need to make sure that we're actually looking and, and comprehending of what we're doing. It can't just be you sit down and you stare at a screen, right, George? You can't just stare at a screen and say, okay, I've done my video work. Yeah, no. How do we apply and I think this is the million-dollar question. How do we apply the information we get from these training devices and these video services to our, to our practice and our training? How do we actually apply what we're watching <laughs> to get ourselves better? Rather than just having an understanding, what are some drills? You know, give us some examples of, of what a hitter might be doing, and, and you clearly see it in, a, in the video that the hitter's flying open. Right? What are some drills for the hitter to maybe stay back? Well, let me give you an example. So one of the things that we've been trying to do with the Blue Jays is uh, we're trying to incorporate more video into our practice. Um, it doesn't mean record everything and then go watch everything. It means record what we're, what we're trying to find and let's see how we can use that real-time recording and kind of make the adjustment. Because in practice, what we're trying to do, we're trying to, we're trying to practice. What are drills? Drills are an over-exaggeration of – of movements of you know of patterns things like that they're over exaggerations to help us in the game right because in the game i don't care what billy's doing with his hands as long as he's 
you know, what, what, what are we trying to do as a, as a pitcher catcher, lose to the hitter? We're trying to disrupt timing, right? That's what we're trying to, trying to get them out, right? So in the game, what's my biggest focus? Hey, man, just see it and time it up and try to square it up. All that other stuff, all that move the back hip, get your hands loaded, all that stuff should, should have been taken care of in our practice. You know, we have, you know, a lot of times when we're doing hitting, we, we go from the tee, we progress to flips, we progress to short, short over the hand toss, all the way back to coach BP, you know, sometimes even the live bullpens, you know. But when we're watching video, we want to see how the video off the tee, how you can replicate it in the, in the game. Just, let me say that again because the thing went off. All right, right, three, two, one. So we're trying to take that video that you see off the tee and try to replicate that in a game situation. Like in the game, I don't care if your hands get back. I just care if you're timing the ball up, right? right? Same thing Same thing for catching. I don't care, you know, how your hand goes to the ball during the game, but we're going to break down that video post-game. We're going to see how your hand was going to the ball to catch the ball. Were you on time? Were you early? Were you late? Why did you miss that pitch um, when we're catching it? Same thing. Why did you miss that pitch when we're hitting it? And one of my favorite things to watch, believe it or not, is team practice video. What is team practice video? Now, this isn't necessarily an individual thing. This can be more towards a team thing. Now, Lou, um, an example I'm trying to say here is prep step, pre-pitch movement. When should I, as an infielder or an outfielder, be ready to field that ball? Right. So as the pitcher is about to deliver, as the ball's crossing through the hitting zone, I should be getting ready to field the baseball. Right. So a lot of times we'll watch video on guys prep steps to see if it links up with that. What we're trying to what we're trying to look at, which is the ball crossing the hitting zone. And when we get the ball crossing the hitting path and the guy's set, he's ready. He can make a better read off the ball because ultimately what do we got to do? We got to catch that ball. So I, that's one way that we use video um, as a team, as a, as a group aspect thing. I think, that's thing a great, I think that's a great point. And I do think yeah. that um, everybody should incorporate that because, you know, so many times we get fixated with video as just hitting, fielding, and catching. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you do live video, and, and you know, I, I hope some of the coaches steal this, this idea and – and just set up one or two cameras behind home plate and, in and, and one out in center field and videotape a, an intra-squad or something. And then you can point out an outfielder for not backing up a base. Oh, yeah. You can physically see it in a video. So, you know, video is such a valuable tool. You made a great point earlier, though, George, about how the game is the finished product, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I call the game the test. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, and, I like that. And I call and I call all of our practice studying for the test. Okay. And for me, video is one of those cheat sheets, the study guide. I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in our practice, we have video. We have all these technology devices. And these are all of our ways to to enhance our studying. Okay? It's 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 special help. It's a tutor. Video should be used as a tutor. It shouldn't be used as the end-all, be-all. Okay. And I feel like, again, in, in, in today's society that we're in, they look at video and they say, okay, I know what I'm doing. So I think you gave some great examples on, okay, I know what I'm doing. Now let's apply what I'm doing and fix it in practice to help study 
for the test, which is the game. And I think if we use video and all these devices in that aspect, it's going to make us so much better. Well, yeah. What kind of learners are most people? Most people are two types of learners. They're, they're usually visual and kinesthetic. Kinesthetic means like you learn by doing, right? So when I'm watching video, I'm visually learning what I'm doing. And one of the things I like um, when I have my kids do the video, when they're watching video, I want them to repeat that move or repeat the move of what they think was right, if that makes sense. So if I'm, if I'm watching and feeling the same thing, like if I can feel myself doing something and I watch it and it looks good, that's awesome. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like that's good. But if some kids think they're doing something and in reality they're doing the tall opposite, one of the biggest things that I see a lot with young kids is when I ask them to move their hands, hey, let's create some separation, let's create some load. Um, not to get too much into this, but I always tell the kids, hey, you know, your hands and your front foot, they don't, when we're getting ready to hit, they don't like each other. We're trying to get them away from each other. But then when we want to hit the ball, they got to come back to our, our stomach, our, our core is going to bring them back together to be best friends, right? So a lot of times when I tell the kids that, we're talking about, let's just say separation, just using this as an example. I'll say, all right, bring your hands back. So they'll bring their hands back, but it's because they move their body back. And then I'll ask them, hey, man, did you move your hands back? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say to them, we'll watch the video. I'll say, yeah, you brought your hands back. But what brought your hands back? Was it your hands bringing your hands back or was it your body bringing your hands back? So in reality, I asked them to bring their hands back. Did they bring their hands back? Yes. Did they do it correctly? No. So what they felt isn't necessarily what they saw in the video, if that makes sense. No, and, and, and that's probably one of my favorite things to say when people – only teach with video is that you can make anybody believe any theory in a video. Oh yeah. You can manipulate <laughs> and cut and crop and pause and rewind and you can prove basically any swing path. You can prove any throw. You can prove anything in video. So it is deceptive. Yeah. But the key word, the key word to all of this is feel. Yep. You have to trust what you feel almost as much if not more is what you physically see because yeah. what you see sometimes can be deceptive absolutely so going this is this is a great point so i'm on instagram the other night and i'm just kind of messing around because i have my instagram page at g caro 20 at g c a r o 20 and i put a lot of drills up for the kids right they see them all that stuff but i was going through this and i'm looking through this whatever and something came up and said catching or something. So I'm watching this kid's video. And on the bottom it said, I, can't, I don't remember the kid's name, but it said he threw a 188, 187. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Let me check out this kid. I'm watching him. And I'm watching the 188. And whoever the coach was that put this video up, uh, this kind of probably hurt the kid more than it helped him. So I'm watching the video. He threw a 188. Great. Awesome. But where was that 188? It was a two hopper to the left side of the back. He threw a 186. It was um, – one hopper to the left side up wherever it was so he, he has like four or five throws and the kid's like yeah yeah looks at the time yeah it's good and he throws a 206 and he almost looked disappointed but the 206 was on the money it was like a perfect throw so watching if i was there watching this kid's video and i felt bad for the kid because the kid is getting this reinforcement that the 188 the 186 was really good but in reality it was freaking awful right the 206 was the best throw he made in this video so I'm looking at this video, I'm like, damn, I wish I was there to help the kid because what he thought, what, from me watching video only, what appeared to what he thought was success, in my mind as a coach, is actually failure. So the success of making that quality throw of that 206 
for me, is going to go a long way. Um, it's going to go a lot further than throwing that 186, 186, whatever it was. So if I get a kid to watch that video, I sat there and I said, and I dissected the video. I said, Hey, what did you do? You know, you threw the 186. That's phenomenal. It's awesome. But why did it end up over there? And now we'll start breaking down. All right. His, and we'll, we'll talk catching. Trust me, man. His front shoulder opened up his sequencing. His sequencing was, was not there. He went, you know, one, he did front shoulder first, dragged the arm. So getting a kid to understand like what they're actually looking at is the most important part of when you're watching video with them, just being able to dissect that. Right. So we can't, we can't be fixated on the result. We have to be more worried about the process and to take mm -hmm. your exact same example and apply it to a pitcher. You know, if you throw 90, let's say, for, you know, for a high school kid, but that ball went over the backstop, yep. there's, there's, there's an issue. Something is not right. So just like the 188, but I could steal a base off that because the throw is, you know, in left field. Yeah. It's just like a kid throwing hard, that's, you know, but he's never throwing a strike, it doesn't matter. So yep. I think, I think the, one of the key points here is understanding when we do video that you need to you need to watch the process and not be fixated on the result. Yeah, just give you another example. I remember um, my sophomore year um, when I was with you guys uh, near, when I was at New York Tech. I remember Ronnie McKay came out to me. I made I, in three games. I threw the ball to center field like three times. <laughs> you know, I tried to get rid of it so fast. And I remember Ronnie came up to me and he said, "Hey, if any," he said, "Georgie." If anybody steal center field for the rest of the year, you're, the you're, our, you're our guy. <laughs> and I started laughing. And, it, and at first, I was pissed. I was like, F you, Ronnie. But then I really thought about it. And I was like, damn, man. Like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like everything's right. But then I had to go back and watch and see, like, what was wrong. So ended up being I was coming up too high and I was releasing the ball. And so what I saw, he was able to confirm. He, he, he was the one who, like, he didn't really come at me and say, hey, you need to do this. He's like, hey, what, look at this. All right, this is what you did. All right, now I know how to fix it. Does that make sense? So well, I figured You were probably you – know, and by the way, shout out to Ronnie Mack. I still use that joke today when a catcher throws the ball. <laughs> I still use that joke today. Just, you know, so – and that's got to be a 15-year-old joke, just so you know. Yeah, um, it's corny. But we love you, him. You were probably a 2-0 to center field. Yeah. And you were probably like, shit, man, I'm throwing the ball 220 feet at 2-0. That's really good. Yeah, but my best throw I ever made, and not to, like, start talking about myself, but the best throw I ever made was the most effortless throw I ever made. We were playing Army. What, remember when we used to play those 18-inning marathons, and then we counted as one game in the fall? Yeah, in the fall. Uh, I remember uh, my first year, this was 2008 at New York Tech, and a kid, Eric Johnson was throwing. He threw a pitch at, like, 95, and then I threw the ball. Best time I think I ever got recorded was at, like, a 1-8 flat. Uh, and the kid ended up having to stop almost halfway and they had to chase him with the ball. That's how, that's how quick I got rid of the ball. And, but I don't remember, you know, I don't, I never thought about it. I just saw it and I did it. And I guarantee if I were to break down that video, there's probably some stuff in that throw where I'm like, Oh damn, I wish I would have done this. Wish I would have done that without seeing the result. Right. So not to backtrack on what we're talking about, but when we're watching the video, we have to be careful of how we relay that information to the player if it's not gonna if he's not physically gonna hurt himself maybe kind of let it go and don't hit on it until he starts to fail and then say hey billy 
look at this part of your video. This might be why you're not having success. You got to be, you got to be, look, we're, we're, we're trying to build character mm -hmm. in, in, in the way we deliver our message. I think you have to be firm and you have to be realistic and you have to be to the point. Um, of course. You know, and, and the other thing, um, to your point about that best throw that you made, another key thing in, vi in video, along with repetition, is uh, fluidity. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it, you, you were smooth, it was easy, and it was on the money. Yep. When, when we look at the pictures, you know, is the delivery easy? Is the swing easy? Is the throw behind the plate easy? Or does it look painful? Does it look like he's exerting so much energy to, to swing a 30-ounce bat or to throw a 5-ounce baseball? You know, does it, does it look painful? That's another thing we look for. Uh, and if it does, if it does, then we need to, we need to tell our player, hey, you know, this, this should be a little bit more natural. Yeah. So, like, a lot of, a lot of questions I get asked now um, is about the whole, this whole one knee thing going on with the catching world, which, you know, I don't support it with the runner on base by any means, but I'm watching guys and I'm getting asked by young kids like, Hey, is it okay to start one knee on the ground? And, and I watch some of these guys, you know, do this and I'm watching the video. And like, I, like you just said, like I'm looking for ease. Is it an easy throw or is it a difficult throw Do this? Does this person know how to use his body in that position to make this quality throw? If that makes sense. So I think the one thing for us as coaches is before we go over a video with a kid, we need to know what the hell we're talking about. And we also need to know what the hell we're looking at. 100% right. Um, you know, th there's a saying that the teacher has to be smarter than the students. Mm -hmm. I would hope the coaches are a little bit smarter than the players. Yeah. Well, the thing with us now is, is coaching is we're around. We're, we, see the, we see just as much video as these kids see. Um, and there's a lot of information that's out there that's good, and there's a lot of information that's out there that's really bad. But we kind of have an idea through experience of how to dissect that information when we get it. We're saying, all right, this is a really – like the other day I saw a drill online, and I was kind of like, eh. And then I did it, and I understood – like I physically did it. And then I was like, oh, I, I get why they're doing it, but I wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? So I can see the value in this drill. So the other thing when kids are watching these videos, how can we take a drill – and how can we like, so if I see a guy who's working on his back hip rotation, how is this one particular drill going to actually help that individual kid's back hip rotation? He might need to do a different drill. So when you're breaking down the video and then applying a drill to it, I think that's another thing we need to be careful with. Like, what are we actually trying to get out of the drill? How do we define success in that drill? And what is success in the video? Like you said, a lot of time we're watching the result. Like I might not get the result, and I tell the kids this all the time, like, hey, um, if, if I said you can have ice cream, do you want ice cream? And, I, and they say, yeah, absolutely. What, what if I said you only have ice cream? You don't get any of the toppings. Are you okay with that? Yes, I'm okay with that. Now, what if I put the toppings on it? Is, is, that, is that better? Yeah, of course it's better. So, hey, you rotating your back hip right now in this video, like let's watching it, I need you to do this. That's the ice cream. If you end up hitting a line drive during practice right now, that's the, that's the extra hot fudge and the cherry on top. Can you take a great swing and swing and miss and you as the coach tell your player, hey, great job? As long as he's being himself. Because think about it, like what's the number one most common flaw amongst between Mike Trout 
and little Billy at the little league level, it's usually timing, right? So if I have a really nice swing and I'm just late, you know what? It's okay because I took a really good swing. But how do I be able to, how am I going to be able to get on time with that awesome swing? Now, I can go out in the backyard and imitate one of the greatest swings in the world. And that was Ken Griffey, Ken, say Ken Griffey Jr. I can imitate his swing all day. I can watch video. I can have the best Ken Griffey swing. But I ain't going to hit like freaking Ken Griffey Jr., right? Hmm. I, need to, I need to figure out how I can take something that Ken Griffey did and apply it to George Carroll. How can George Carroll learn from Ken Griffey and how can I apply some of the things that he did into my swing to make me better. Right. And this, this, the saying there, George is, um, what works for one doesn't work for all. Of course. You know? And I, I think the, the another takeaway here to, to finish us up is to understand that from a coaching standpoint, video work is, extremely extremely vital or extremely vital but we don't want to overcoach at the same time no you know, i see coaches taking five swings a video and uh, excuse me having a player take five swings and then stopping right on the spot and looking at the five swings then going back to take five more swings stopping and taking five more swings and, and the same thing applies to pitching i think it becomes overkill okay of um you know it's there, okay? You teach it once, but let's not overkill the process. Let, let's be smart in how we deliver the message, and let's make sure that the drills we find to help the issue or the adjustment, we understand that those drills we cater to each specific player, not just roll out a blanket drill for everybody. Yeah, because the kid, some kids have – you know, we always want to pretty much take the same swing at the ball, like at all times, right? I've heard that before. Um, but what's the one thing that's always going to change? It's going to be pitch locate, location of the pitch, where the pitch is up, where the pitch is middle, where the pitch is down. So when I see a lot of times a, a coach is showing video to a player, you know, they're always showing that pitch right down the middle, pitch right down the middle. A lot of times we don't talk about that inside pitch. A lot of times we don't talk about that outside pitch. How do my hands work to the ball? How does this does that? How does – how does my hip work to the ball? At the end of the day, it's all timing. So advice for advice I would like to give to other coaches is during a team practice um, or during it, let's say during an individual practice, we're doing one-on-one lesson. Don't necessarily focus the video on the result. Focus the video on a certain body part. Have the kid watch only just one aspect of the swing and see how that how that result comes from that. The other thing too I would challenge a coach to do is um, you know, put video on one player during an inning, see what he does, see what his timing is. You know, maybe do a, um, maybe do a practice where you, you know, put the video some, somewhere where you can watch the whole field and maybe you're doing cutoffs and relays first and thirds, whatever it is, seeing where everybody's going to move and maybe showing everyone the video and saying, and like, Hey, watch yourself and how it all moves as one. I like it. I like it. Let's continue to use it as a, as a training device, but let's not, call video the end-all be-all it's part of a larger player development platform to help prepare in our practice to help perform in our game george awesome job video listen you know everybody has a cell phone everybody has a computer everybody has an ipad video and, and, and this way of teaching is especially now with what's going on 
you know, college classes are on video and mm-hmm. people are learning how to, you know, uh, perform surgery on video. Um, <laughs> it's insane. So this isn't going anywhere. And, you know, in light of the situation that's going on, video work is only going to be enhanced. So I think it is important that guys understand that we don't need to be fixated necessarily on the, on the finished product, okay, or the result. Trust the process. Understand how we get there. Make sure we're doing it safe. Don't analyze and use it and use it to better yourself. So, um, George, awesome stuff. All right, brother, and we will be back soon. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe and leave a rating for our podcast. And check back for the next episode of Coaching Confidential.